0: Welcome to the Small Nonprofit Podcast, with down-to-earth practical advice on how to get things done in your small organization. You are going to change the world, and we can help. If you've ever wondered what a funder is thinking when they read through your application, well then, today's podcast episode is for you. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman. And today we are going inside the mind of a funder. That's right. I have Steph Ribello, who is the manager of sustainability and inclusion at Loyalty One Air Miles, joining us today to talk about and pull back the curtain on what they look for, the process, how they think about Their uh, philanthropy and sustainability so that you can apply this. To your applications with your funders. It is such a rich conversation. Of course, there's a whole spectrum of perspectives uh, that funders have, but I think Steph's is a really fresh one and one that's representative more and more of how funders are thinking. So with that, please welcome with me Steph Ribello to the podcast. Steph, welcome to the podcast. Hi! Thanks for having me. I am so excited. This I feel like this conversation is long overdue mm-hmm. uh, because for the first time on the podcast, we actually have a funder talking about how to get funding. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and this is one of the topics that I find you know so many small organizations really think of corporate giving as this sort of, I don't know, it's like the holy grail of of fundraising, which I don't agree with, but I see, um, you know, there is a really important place for um, corporations to contribute and be part of the charitable sector. And so, uh, and I know you agree with that. Uh, So we're going to talk about that today and talk about how to figure out the best approach for different companies, because this is not a one size fits all. It's not bringing the Bible. That's that's for sure. (laughs) And so we're going to talk a little bit about your experience um, and how you do things, but how, you know, you can learn from that and 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 figure out how other companies do things. So do you want to start by giving us a little bit of uh, background around how you came to be doing this work?
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So, I mean, yes, I think all organizations are different and I'm really excited to just share a little bit about how I approach granting, how I approach working with different nonprofits, whether they're big or small. And I mean, I'd be the first one to step up and say, like, there is a lot of work that I think organizations that are doing the funding, that are doing the, the corporate philanthropy, there's a lot of work that we have to do as well in terms of Making this a better process, making this a better partnership opportunity. And like there's a give and take here. There's no um like what can nonprofits do specifically. It's what do we do as a sector that all care and just come at it differently. Um, I started in the nonprofit world. I was working in a partnerships role. I wasn't necessarily writing the grants, but I was doing some of that fulfillment and partnership management afterwards. And when I was working with big companies, I was finding a ton of opportunity. Not just in the programs that we were delivering alongside through their funding, but how we were engaging with them in other ways and how the skills and opportunities that they had um, was benefiting us as an organization and vice versa. Some of the leadership training, some of the um, content that we were producing was really benefiting them as an organization as well. And there was so much give and take when you had some of that more kind of sticky partnership relationship. Done. And that was where when I moved over to the granting side, was really excited to to work on that. And I even found that when I run a grant program, it's hard to do. It's hard to, to build that. It's hard to do some of that co-design. But when you get it right, it's a sticky partnership that lasts beyond that grant. Mm.
0: So yeah. yeah. And I think you t- touched on a few things. One is that there, I think there is a lot of change happening in the sector. So mm. I think this conversation, like looking at what you're doing as hopefully a bit of a way of the future, but there's still some old school, you know, who has the connection to the CEO? How do we, yeah. you know, leverage that? But I think generally things are going in this direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanna, uh, I wanna just, Sort of clarify because, because there's so much diversity in how companies do uh, get involved in the charitable and nonprofit sector. Uh, let's just do some some almost like a glossary, some term <laughs> definition. Because you are you running a foundation. Or because some ch- some corporations have a f- foundation, some do not. Some have corporate philanthropy. Some have sponsorship. So can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about the sort of different things that we might look for, just as to signal to us as organizations what 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 kind of ask is this? Because they have different approaches just based yeah. on that.
1: I think it it comes to really where the grant is coming from in the organization. To your point, if you're, I'm not from a foundation, our organization kind of works under a whole umbrella. I work on our sustainability and inclusion team. So working across the business in many different ways. And the grant is just one way that we work with nonprofit partners. And I think that in terms of defining how the different types of grants, a foundation their measurement approach and how they do impact reporting and how they report back on the value of their dollars, what happened with their dollars is very, very specific, very, very, um, you know, aligned with how they give out their money. Whereas in a more kind of smaller, I say, I say humble grant because I always think of it more as an opportunity starter, is that there's so much more opportunity to be creative, I think, in terms of how you communicate what the value of this partnership is outside of the funding engine that we know is necessary. So I think there's, yeah, it's where the organization is putting their grant out from where the grantor sits within an organization is a good way of like looking at clues of like,
0: who am I actually talking to? Mm. I think that's so important because as you said, every company has a different way of doing this work. Um, And so the, you know, most people's go-to approach to finding out what the right uh, strategy is, is to do some, you know, Googling or check out the co- company's website or um, looking at grant databases if it's corporate foundations. Um, but you and I have talked about the approach of like actually connecting and working at building relationships, which in my experience is – the best way to figure out the stuff that's not published or might be out of date online. So can you tell us a little bit about how an organization, for you obviously can't talk about, uh, uh, can't speak to other companies, but for you, how an organization can actually connect in a meaningful way before they, like to figure out if the grant application or the partnership opportunities are even right.
1: Yeah, I think that something that, I say a lot when I work and and talk with different charities is I talk about the joint value proposition. And I think that that is a really amazing way to start the conversation and it marries some of the research that you're already doing. Who are their customers? Where do they operate? What are some of the products and services that they're working with? I would even go further to say, what are some of the conversations that they're having on social media and with their customers and some of the topics and um, concerns that they have Uh, Because the corporate sector are part of community change as well. We are facing some of those big changes around climate change, inclusion and equity. So where are some of those joint value propositions of what we're doing and what you're doing? And I think starting there around crafting that a little yourself. And then my next kind of thought is kind of taking a co-design approach and saying, you know, here are some of the things that we do. Here are the community members the one thing I love about working with some nonprofits is the deep knowledge that they have on their community members that I will never have. But I have some of the products, the services, some of the data analytics, some of the, the powerhouse tools and resources. And when you put them together, that's, it's, it's really awesome. And you can see some amazing sustainable impact. So I think that doing that joint value proposition work on your own, bringing it to whatever funder you're speaking with, And then taking a co-design approach before starting your grant writing could be a cool way to to switch it up.
0: Yeah, I love that advice because we found, and and maybe you can talk a little bit about this, but, you know, so often organizations are like our side and your side. And what you just talked about is that we're on the same side. And I think that that approach um, will help everyone. So can you talk a little bit about your, like, I think it's important for people to understand that that approach has value to you as the funder. It increases the quality of applications, you get a better sense of your ability to evaluate those applications. You know, so so tell me a little bit about why that approach works from the corporate perspective.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that It really, like I'll say specifically that right now, I think we're seeing such a transition and we're seeing such disruption in both the corporate social responsibility sector and the philanthropy sector, because we're no longer looking at transactional, here's the funding, do the program, tell us how it went. Yeah. We're now more actively involved with purpose-driven work, products and services that give back, um, ways that we can meaningfully engage with underrepresented communities, um, bring inclusion and equity to the forefront of how we do business. And we can't do that without charitable partners. We, we can't because we don't have that meaningful kind of interaction with communities on that grassroots level. We don't have that same deep user knowledge that you do because of the programs that you work with. So there's so much value in terms of, you know, what we're trying to accomplish as an organization from a purpose-driven perspective and the work that charities do. And that for me is like, there's so much value in it when we see some of the plans that are happening across the products that we're designing, the services that we're offering, the social media conversations we're having. And we can't necessarily do that authentically without the work of charities.
0: Hmm. So, And I think from a charity side, like, or a nonprofit side, for them, you know, being able to have that engagement bef- and the co creation obviously results in you having a deeper understanding of their work and mm-hmm. being able to champion that better, more aligned with funding opportunities. You know, it, I think there's just so much value to that approach. I want to talk a little bit about what you look for. Um, in that joint value proposition, you talked a little bit about this, but I want to take it a little deeper in terms of, you know, what does a holistic approach look like? How does it not just, you know, align with the company, but engage and, and build, you know, as you said, it sort of becomes sticky. But I think the stickiness is is not just the alignment, but it's really the relationship or that holistic approach. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, things like engaging employees, which, you know, seems to be uh, sort of popular these days, Um, not treating, you know, organizations, not just like taking the money and running with it, but like, how do we actually make that stick stickiness over the course of the relationship?
1: Yeah, and I'll pull from a couple of like the partnerships that have stood out for us at Air Miles is some of our partners have, you know, specifically focused on, okay, the programs that we're funding um, specifically around like youth and accessing um, meaningful learning opportunities, equitable access to tech resources. And then we've pulled it one step further and actually built a hiring pipeline. So how can we actually pull some of those youth that are coming out of that program and specifically connect them with a recruiter at Air Miles to say, hey, come work with us in some of these entry level roles and creating that kind of sticky sustainability within the partnership. And it's hard to do. And don't get me wrong. This isn't like an e-co-design is a sexy word, but it takes a long time (laughs) and it's not easy. But I think that when you get it right and you're able to kind of build it, it can be small. Another example of that is um, I had an organization that they were kind of building a tech platform and another um, partner who are building kind of an insights portal. We're a data and analytics company. That's our business. And we have so much talent in our our organization who are hungry to kind of put in and build purpose into their day-to-day. So putting them onto a project And getting them to hack with a a team and and getting them to support this program that we were funding was such a cool way for them to, one, now they're asking us, when are you bringing that organization back? I want to see how that went. And it's it's cool to see that. And I think the final one was a conversation starter um, where I... We were working on supporting families through Pride Month, and we brought on some of our charitable partners to help with some of the education and resource building with our collectors, Mm -hmm. Um, talking about coming out to your parents and how to support your child and and leaning on them as the subject matter experts. But we were giving them the platform to talk to, you know, um, 11 million collectors and and, and really have our, our marketing base as their platform. So like different
0: crazy. cool ways. Yeah, I love that. And I think just to underscore the point, those things aren't possible when you have that check exchange relationship. Mm-hmm. You don't really get to know the organizations, you know. Now as you build those relationships, you know who to call when you want to supplement something that you're doing with their expertise as opposed to, you know, trying to do it in-house or just not do that uh, altogether. So I think that that's such a good insight. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about reporting. And I mean, I feel like there's kind of two buckets. One is just the impact reporting. Like, here's what we said we were going to do and here's what we did. But then, well, let's start with that and then we can go from there. So, you know, this is sort of oftentimes like, you know, an organization will do the work for a year, and then they'll send an impact report. And, you know, we did our job. But I don't mm-hmm. know if that's going to cut it anymore. So what do you look for? Um, and I, again, it goes to that stickiness factor. Obviously, every organization wants long term longer term funding and relationships and impact report or reporting is a tool in that as well so what do you look for what insights can we use to make it more meaningful i think
1: that there like when i look at reporting i look at kind of two folds what was the impact of the actual program a lot of that sometimes output we know that your programs don't take one year to start, finish, and end. Uh, they're, mul- they're usually multi-year thing, um, programs that have a long-term impact. But I think also what are some of those long-term outputs that you hope the program brings? So moving the needle on a young person's employment opportunities, which is a bit more nebulous but if it's complemented with those kind of hard-hitting, you know, this is how many youth went through the program, this is how many people we were able to reach. I think you have to marry both because that it, it gives us one of it gives us the long view, but it also gives us the the value of our dollar. And then the final, I think, outside of program impact is what are some of those shared measurement opportunities? I always go back to co-design. It's like, okay. Um, at the end of this, how many, um, what are we trying to achieve together? And taking that approach and taking that language um, might be also a way for us, you know, we're telling three different stories um, and we're able to share, share that back in a yeah. more effective and meaningful way.
0: Yeah. Um, which, sorry, I have multiple, multiple <laughs> thoughts and questions in my head. Um, but I think that that piece around um, sharing the impact. Is there anything, because again, so often it's that like, here, it's going to you, Steph, right? Like you're going to see this. Can you tell us a little bit about what happens to that information after you get it and how can we better give you information that will help you internally within the company and the corporate culture that again, reinforces some of your objectives, not just of giving money, but of making change and engaging employees and all that kind of stuff. Here's the tough thing
1: is that when it comes to corporate philanthropy and how we report back on impact, a lot of your impacts are going up and measuring into a longer term, bigger report, sometimes a very, very long sustainability ESG report that we don't actually get to feature some of the rich data that you've provided us. It's, you know, inputting into larger metrics. So for me, I I can't, I find impact reporting really hard, especially in the the corporate sector, because the story that we're telling, it usually either is going straight to our investors to say, look at our ESG performance and how we're doing. Um, And then there's another line that says, okay, how are we communicating this impact back to our our people and our, our customers and our community and our corporate partners? And so I would also maybe think about it that way. What are some of the heavy the 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 dollars and cents the brass tax notes that we can put right into that ESG report and then how are you leaning into maybe like a story or a you know a more colorful visually visually pleasing um report and if you had the time and resources and again i recognize that that is varying based on who you are and what your organization is able to do Take it one step further on how do I report that back? Can we do a joint post? Can we share on our social media? Can we highlight you and, and bring you along to say, hey, after a year of funding with Air Miles, here's what I here's what you did. And it's like, let's let's get creative on impact reporting because it goes yeah. in two separate directions. One that's not as interesting.
0: <laughs> I mean, to some people it's interesting. Yeah. But <laughs> But it's also important to know how organizations need to position and frame the way that they need to share the information in a way that you can then use it to, to what you need. I wanna, we're running out of time, but I want to wrap up the conversation with a question of what happens when things don't go as planned, right? We know that that's a reality more now more than ever. I know when COVID hit, a lot of the organizations we worked with were like, we have this program funding, but we can't run these programs. And some of them were just like, okay, we'll just pause on the money. But in fact, some of them actually connected with funders and were able to use that money differently. And I think that so often, again, we kind of like shy or embarrassed to, to show that as an organization, we're not perfect, but we're not. And so what do you recommend when things, either when there's unexpected program um, results or slower uptake or things like a pandemic hit, when things don't go as proposed, what do you expect or what's the most uh, helpful way that an organization can bring that up with you?
1: I tell us what you're planning to do, right? A problem is a problem. Organizations are dealing with incredibly complex issues, and we know that. When it came to COVID, we were just as hit by COVID and we're like, yes, whatever you need. Don't worry. <laughs> we're good. We're cool. Um, but it's, you know, what's the problem? And how are you planning on pivoting? What's your pivot plan? And is there support that you need from us or how you need us to engage in, in that problem solving? And I think that starts with your the relationships that you set up with your, with your funder or grant um, program provider early on, right? So then you have that kind of ongoing connection with them to say how it's going, what are some of the hiccups, what are some of the decisions that you've made as the subject matter experts. You are the subject matter experts. Yeah. And we are always going to defer to you, especially when you bring us how you
0: pivoted. Amazing. Steph, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I know that this episode will be one of the favorites because you've given us so much insight to behind the scenes with what otherwise feels kind of like this whole mysterious uh, process. Mm -hmm. So where can our listeners learn more about you and of course your work at Air Miles? Yeah,
1: so I mean the Air Miles reward program is one of Canada's most Recognized loyalty programs. We have nearly 11 million active collectors and we're in almost two thirds of all Canadian households. Um, So, a really amazing brand that is also doing a lot of enablement in Canadian communities through our sustainability and inclusion program. Our grant specifically is the Youth Empowerment Grant, so we focus on young people through that. I see it as always an entry level grant where you work with us through this and then we get to look at what other partnership opportunities are in there or or out there for us. Um, The grant actually opens usually once a year. It can be found through LinkedIn by following us there, following us on our social media channels. And then I can also be found on LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much again. And of course, to all of our listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Well, folks, that's it for today's episode of The Small Nonprofit. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and this show is brought to you by The Good Partnership. As a reminder, if you want more resources around raising more money for your small nonprofit, visit thegoodpartnership.com and download our free fundraising strategy guide. I'll see you next week.